I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. Neil Elliott is an author, speaker, and coach. He lives in a peaceful historic village on the west coast of British Columbia in Canada with his wife and a house full of art, books, and plants. He names all his plants. Neil has three children and five grandchildren, all of whom, of course, are brilliant. He loves all wildlife and domestic pets, too. In his 20s, he raised a variety of parrots and Labrador dogs. Neil has a passion for motorcycling and loves to travel, particularly in Europe, to visit museums, churches, and art galleries. He likes to visit cities and enjoys all they have to offer, but prefers a peaceful country life close to water, forests, and plenty of wildlife. Neil is the author of A Higher Road, Cleanse Your Consciousness to Transcend the Ego and Ascend Spiritually. Welcome, Neil. I do feel like I know you quite well, actually never having met you in person because of all of the wonderful sharing that you did to give us, uh, you know, put it into context who who you were and what your life journey has been. And uh, you had an interesting life. You had a successful career, an amazing wife, an amazing family at 57 years old. Uh, the outsiders thought you had uh, an extremely wonderful life and really couldn't understand uh, how it would be that you would have hit rock bottom or felt depressed, anxious, and trapped, been in a dark place because there's no, there's no way they would have seen that from the outside. You did a very good job of uh, keeping that very much to yourself. And there, there are other parts of your journey that you shared, you know, about challenging and difficult moments where you felt very alone. Like I'm a very private person, but I felt it was really important to be very candid with that so that people could understand these patterns of thinking and feeling that I adopted based on my experiences in life and what I adopted to be, you know, right and wrong, good and bad, true and false. And how then that manifested for me in these experiences or events that came into my life. So, you know, we think with electrical impulses in our brain and we feel with magnetic impulses in our nervous system. Thoughts are like sound waves. They travel, they can penetrate walls, they can, uh, they move like sound waves. And so your thinking is this consciousness plan and your uh, magnetic feeling magnetizes this consciousness plan into this blueprint and draws uh, energy particles together to manifest this um, like event or experience that will come into your life. But there's such a delay between this reinforcement of these consciousness plans, and we create thousands of these a day. There's such a delay between what you're thinking and when this event comes into your life, you never link it to uh, your thoughts. 
But when you understand what was before the Big Bang, what happened at the time of the Big Bang, the impetus for the Big Bang, what came out of the Big Bang, and and how this material universe that we see, that we believe is our truth, our reality, how that come, came into form, and then how and why we're here and what our purpose is. When you understand all of these things and utilize what we know in science today is to build this foundation to to gain a believable understanding of this, you can then understand exactly how we use these mechanisms of the universe, this law of cause and effect, to draw to us individually these events and experiences and collectively uh, these events and experiences that come into our cities and our towns and our countries and the world. Mm -hmm. And anything that you are thinking that is contrary to, to where we come from will create these things that we consider to be negative. Wars, anger, hate, violence, murder, all of these things, you know, racism, all of this stuff we have created with our minds. But when you come back to the truth and you understand who you are, you can make this conscious choice if you want to unravel all of this and come back to who you really are. And then you start living from the inside out versus the outside in. And when you do that, you're really living with love and peace and joy and trying to bring that love and peace and joy to everything and everyone in your experience. Even when they come to you and they're angry and they're yelling at you and they're denigrating you, you know, you, your goal is to understand, you know, exactly why they're doing what they're doing because their ego's in control. And it's just to learn these lessons to gain these rebound forms of events and experiences to help them wake up. And when they finally, when their soul finally wakes up and understands what it's doing to itself, then they will go through this process. Mm. You know, so my goal is to bring love and blessing to any event or any experience that comes to me. Because all of these things that I may consider to be harsh or uh, denigrating or fearful or anxious are really just stepping stones to this spiritual awakening for me to bless and to bring love to and then let them go. I love this. I've felt this and had this belief forever that there's just a higher consciousness that we're a part of everything cellularly, energetically. And it was refreshing to actually see the direction your book went in. It sounds like you're going to be pleasantly pleased with where this is going then yeah and i actually have downloaded through audible uh, dying to be me anita's book oh. so i have made notes about the other books that you referenced so this is of great interest to me i know that there's going to be more to this journey for me than just this interview and reading your book which is i love this i love this like i want to do the journey i want to go through the book and do whatever it is to have the real experience versus just reading. Like anybody can just read a book. It's when you do it, it's different. Oh yeah, you have to do the work. You don't do the yeah. work, you don't get the benefit, right? Yeah, and not every book actually holds me so that I want to do the work. It's intriguing to me, books that I've come across that have actually made me say, okay, I need to take a break from everything and do this right now because I want the experience of it. That feels really good. Good, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad to hear it 
for you. Because whether, you know, you were in agreement with this or not is not of issue either way from my perspective. I'm not trying to preach at anybody or tell them they have to do this. This is your choice because life is about choices and there's no right or wrong. So uh, I'm, but I'm glad for you because I believe that if you follow this and you do it, your life will totally transform if you really, if you really believe and you understand as you go through it. What made you decide that you needed to write a book? You know, what really pulled me towards this is that as I went through this process, as I learned what our truths were and who we really are at our core of our being and what we are meant here and meant to be doing in transforming my life from this, you know, kind of suicidal person to uh, absolute love, peace and joy in a year. You know, I wanted to share this with everybody because I know that if this information that I share with people that bridges this gap between spirituality and science, Mm. if they can understand it and it resonates with them, it can totally transform their life. As more and more of us go through this process to come back to who we really are, and be this expression of unconditional love to everyone and everything in our environment, I firmly believe that we will bring this world into a new era of love and peace. That's what we're here to do, but we have collectively, socially, lost our way in this process. And this information bridges this gap and allows people to understand how and why they're here, and then they make a choice of whether it's something they want to do or not. And so like we're heavily, heavily distracted, hey? Heavily distracted. (laughs) We are, you know, we're driven by our externalities. What happens in our world outside us that we view dictates every response and feeling and reaction and action that we have in life. The uh, proliferation of memes and influences of media and books and movies and things that we read that are contrary to where we come from, which is unconditional love, and to where we return, which is unconditional love. Those things serve to reinforce these patterns of thinking and feeling that we've adopted uh, since childhood. Everything that you think about, you will manifest a, a like form, a rebound form of an event or an experience Uh, that you need to have come to you to help you learn these lessons that your soul has come here to learn. I'm kind of worried, like right into the depth of this stuff (laughs) without any real context. (laughs) The more generations that have the distractions, 50s, the 60s, the generational, the longer the generations go with these distractions and not really having this knowledge, the harder it gets and the more reactive we get instead of you know really being more intentional about everything that we do everything that we think our souls are a fragment of the unity and the wholeness of the divine and we come here over many lifetimes born in varying genders varying places of origin colors of skin sometimes religious, sometimes not religious at all, sometimes wealthy, sometimes poor. And all of these experiences that we come here 
help to shape and hone and hew our personality that we eventually will end up taking back to the divine. When the sperm fertilizes the ovum, we get the start of the growth of this body. The soul infuses its past life lessons and histories into that conception process. And the little I mind of ego is created at the same time. The I mind of ego uh, utilizes the uh, laws of the universe, which is electromagnetism. We can talk more about that, but uses the laws of the universe to construct the body according to the DNA plan in the sperm and the ovum. And it uses, utilizes this life force energy through it that's in the universe to construct this body. As the baby grows up from babyhood to age five, the brain has not yet developed to the point where it starts to make its own decisions. It does that at age five. Up until age five, what it really is, is, is it's this little sponge of unconditional love. And it's just absorbing everything in its environment, its parents' uh, religion, its culture, its traditions, uh, language, uh, feelings, all of this stuff in its environment from its sibling, its parents, anybody that comes in contact with. That is starting to color and mix with the ego and the ego will adopt certain beliefs associated with its experiences. Then in age five, you start to make your own decisions shaped by what year has been in your environment. Then you start to go to school and you, you know, you go out, meet other people, have other experiences, learn other lessons. So all of this stuff. And as we grow from babyhood to adulthood, we think we're becoming versed in the ways of the world. But what we're really doing is binding down our soul and shutting our soul off from its connection to source, connection to light. The ego takes control of our life and we reinforce these patterns of thinking and feeling because what we're really doing is we are as we grow up from babyhood to adulthood, we're programming our subconscious mind and our unconscious mind. And so then what happens is we think we're becoming versed in the ways of the world. We're binding down our soul, shutting it off from the light, and our ego takes control. And our ego thinks that this body is our reality, thinks that these objects around us are solid. And so we believe this is our reality. And things that happen in our environment, we react to. Uh, sometimes consciously, but still in accordance with our beliefs, or subconsciously, which is we have programmed into our, our subconscious and our unconscious mind. I'll give you a couple examples. So one is that during this pandemic here, you know, no one's on the street, but people are out, you know, going for a walk. So these two women were going for a walk uh, just outside here and down the street. We live on this historic street. And there's this historic building down the street. Steps come out of the second floor and they go down. There's these big steps that go down to the street level. And as these two women were approaching the base of these stairs, an elderly woman came out of the uh, top floor, second floor, and uh, she stood at the top and she was gesticulating wildly and she was really angry and really upset. And she stared down at these two women that arrived at the base of the stairs and she pointed at them and said, stare if you will and stare all you want, I don't care. And she was really angry. One woman said, oh my God, this woman's dangerous. I'm going to phone the police. So she stepped back, she pulled out her cell phone, she called 911. The other woman thought, I wonder if she's okay. And so mm -hmm. what she did is she reached out to that woman and said, are you okay? Do you need help? And as soon as the woman up on the top of the stairs heard this, she calmed right down. She told her story. She explained what happened to her. The only difference in those two reactions to this same event 
were these program beliefs that that uh, these people have programmed into their subconscious and unconscious mind. When the uh, conception takes place, the, the uh, little I mind of ego takes control of the building of this body. Really what it's doing is we're like method actors. The ego is like the method actor. You know, a method actor going into a period piece will dress the part, play the part, eat the part, speak the part long before they get on film. They arrive on set. Uh, they've been practicing. They've they've uh, really delved into this role. And uh, the director calls action. They're right in the role. And uh, then the director calls cut. They come out of that. They high five each other and they go, oh, wow, you did such a great job. You know, like I felt I was really there in that period piece when you did that, when you in that scene. Mm -hmm. The difference is that the ego is this method actor in this play or this on film and they never come out of that to go back to their soul your soul is your reality your ego is just a tool gotcha. and we never come and we never come out of it because we identify with the role and mm -hmm. you are the producer the director and the actor in your own play while you're here on on earth and if you want to change your life, what you really need to do is you need to gain some new knowledge about who we really are and why we're here and how we use these laws of the universe, which are undeviating to create every event and every experience that comes into our life. When you learn this uh, new knowledge and then you begin this process to uh, break up and dissolve these patterns of egoic thinking and feeling that we have programmed in our subconscious mind and then rebuild those to be consistent with where we come from, with where our soul comes from. When you learn how to do this, then what you do is you begin to get your soul to gain mastery of your life. And as your soul gains mastery of your life, you come into the state of absolute peace and love and joy because this is the state that we come from. We come from unconditional love, peace, love, joy, humor, abundance, prosperity. This is who we really are at our soul level. But we've let our ego run amok and our ego create all these other experiences that bring these negative things to us. And this is all part of a design to create individuality out of the wholeness and unity of the divine. But unfortunately, our society has gone wayward. And instead of us heading down this path where we become these expressions of the divine through our minds expressed outward to everyone and everything around us, we have let our egos take control and create this mayhem and violence and anger and hate throughout our world. And so the more of us that come back to this and cleanse ourselves and come back to who we really are and let our souls gain mastery in our life, then we will eventually bring this world into this new era of love and peace. And that's why I've written this book. This is like, this is transformative information that for people that can actually understand it. And it is, it's written in such a way which is so logical and rational and understandable and uses as a foundation for us what we know in science today to help us bridge this gap between spirituality and science. It is truly amazing. It's an amazing process. And uh, I can't <laughs> recommend it highly enough because I'll tell you, you know, I went from the suicidal depression, crafting my suicide, no, planning my suicide, to a year later being depression totally gone and being filled with absolute love and joy and peace and abundance. It's just, 
It truly is amazing. You credit a best-selling book for being an, an entry point for you in this this whole journey, dying to me, is that right? All of this is in a higher road because uh, I share the exact process I went through. You know, the science books that I read were fundamental in opening me up to be able to understand a bunch of things in that we know in science today and how our thinking and feeling can affect our uh, biology, uh, either draw illness to us or or promote our well-being. But the very first thing I had to learn was everything that I thought that was right or wrong, good or bad, true or false is really just a belief. And you have to understand that more than just intellectually. You have to actually understand that at a really deep level. So the very first book that I recommend that people read if they haven't learned any of this stuff before will take you to this place where you actually understand that everything you think is really just a belief. And when you understand that, then you can understand how we've programmed our subconscious programming and how we continually reinforce that subconscious programming and let our externalities drive our life. And then you can understand, okay, now I need a process to get in there, break it up and dissolve this book that you just mentioned, Dying to Be Me. It really was this next level of understanding of what consciousness really is. By the time you get through the seven steps, you're going to understand an entirely different level of consciousness that has not yet really been explained well. But I think that uh, this material that I share in this process I went through will enable any reader, if they if it resonates with them, to come to this new understanding of what consciousness really is. It's the first book that I've read that recommends another book as a precursor to theirs <laughs> before continuing. <laughs> like, I mean, I've experienced, especially with nonfiction books, a lot of reference to a book if you want to research more, but not so much a read this first, read this first. And you've, you've done that with a couple of different books to put it, put it, put us in a, a more open-minded space so that we have some sort of precursor uh, to what's coming. We've been exposed on some levels to things that you're not going to go into great detail in, in the book, but they're the fundamental knowledge to moving forward. Yes, exactly. This is a process. What I wanted to do was take people through what, you know, happened to me because this I now realize is all divinely ordained for me, uh, this process. I want to get people to the point where when I share this other information with them in part four of the book, that they are curious, that they are truly open-minded and that they are truly curious, like a little child, curious, full of wonder, full of curiosity, so that they don't run from this other information that I share with them. And yeah. and the reason they might run from it, you know, if I had seen that material a year prior, I probably would have run from it because I wasn't open enough to receive it. And so you have to come to this material in this really open state and allow yourself to explore it in a methodical fashion and I describe all of this and when you do I believe many many people will be able to understand it and then begin this process to go through and totally transform their lives and that's why I've written this book you know we're at a real tipping point if you will in our society we're on the brink of self-annihilation and we need to have more and more people come back to who they really are to be this expression of unconditional love in order to bring this new 
new era of love and peace around the world into place. Otherwise, we could self-annihilate. Now, I don't believe we're going to self-annihilate because this is happening. This will happen for many, many reasons that, you know, are, are you know, talk about outside of my book. But this is going to happen. And uh, what I'm trying to do is I want people to read this book and, and make a decision for themselves. And you can read my book. I suggest you read it cover to cover, understand the process in its entirety. If it resonates with you and makes sense, go back and start with some of the science materials, start directly with step one. If it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. But then I ask you if you've bought a print copy, if you could please just pass it on to somebody else without colorful commentary and let them discover for themselves whether it makes sense to them. Because we can never accurately judge the inner reality of another person. Someone who's really kind and affable and considerate on the outside might be an entire mess on the inside. We just don't know. We're such, we are such great actors in our environment, right? We wear this facade, we can project whatever we want to whomever we want in right. whatever situation we're in. Well, among the lessons you help us complete and learn, uh, meditation's one of them and how you properly meditate and bring beautiful experiences into your life through meditation and directed thought. I picked up meditation in the 90s and I tried various types, you know, like there's some CDs that here's 50 ways to meditate. You know, I tried many, many ones. I don't need 50. I need one that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, there's all these great things people say about meditation and, you know, lower blood pressure, less anxiety, all these things. And that's all great. And that's all true. But the, th the thing that really made the difference for me is I never really understood the true purpose of meditation. And the true purpose of meditation is to go into the silence and the stillness of your mind so you can make this connection back with source, the divine, the yeah, Yahweh, the Tao, whatever you want to call it. Our source of being emits unconditional love unstintingly. It is so spiritually refined and such a high frequency of vibration, it cannot enter itself into us and make itself known to us until we begin this process to cleanse our consciousness, to rebuild it, and to reach out in this way through this meditation to make this connection back to source. In this meditation, you're going to learn how to go into the silence and stillness of your mind. You're going to be able to learn to stop all your thoughts. And when you do this, you allow, you, you start to build new brain cells impressed with new knowledge at the top of your head. So as I went through this process, and it happens slowly and it happens imperceptibly, but it will happen, is if you're consistent with this, what happened for me was it, uh, about the seven month mark, I got this little tingly feeling at the top of my head. It was about the size of a dime and I didn't know what it was. Or at about the nine month mark, that probably grew to three or four inches in diameter. And I realized at that point, what I was doing is I was impressing new brain cells with new knowledge that operated this higher vibrational frequency. And today you could put a bowl over my head below my ears and that's how big that opening is. 12 months after I began this process, my suicidal depression was totally gone. I, and I was just full of this inner peace and love and joy. And I felt totally prosperous and, and abundant, even though nothing had changed in my environment. At the 13 month mark, I went into two meditations, and they were two days apart. And I went into this meditation, you go through these states, a higher vibrational frequency of consciousness and the spiritual energy flowed into my head and it filled my body and then it totally enveloped me, like bathed me in unconditional love. And it's a, it's an unconditional love that, you know, we don't have the human language to describe. It is, it is totally supportive, non-judgmental. I felt I wasn't judged for anything. I, I 
didn't care what anybody had done to me in the past, what I had done. I didn't care what aches and pains my body had, what illnesses it had. I was just felt totally supported and cradled in this unconditional love. And I wanted to stay there forever. And I came out of it. And then two days later, I had the exact same meditation. And at that point, I knew that the new knowledge I gained and the process I followed is our truth. And then I just wanted to share that with everybody. And it took me a couple of years to figure out the best way to do that is to write a book. It is the most peaceful time and joyful time of any day when I meditate. Sacrosanct. My meditation, if you will. You can start with five minutes and build up to whatever time you want. So I don't want to scare anybody here, but I meditate 90 minutes to two hours every morning without fail. And it is just the most beautiful, amazing, and peaceful and joyful time of of my life. As a consultant, a, a professional engineer and doing consulting, you know, I'd wake up at, at, in the middle of the night and I'd be, you know, imagining all these horrible things that could go wrong and and all the things wrong with the world and just have these you know really bad experiences you know maybe i watched a violent movie ahead of time and kind of replaying in my mind in the middle of the night i tell you since i've gone through this process my nights i sleep like a baby it is the most peaceful time and i'll wake up in the middle of the night and i'll have and and i'll have this spiritual energy flow into me and inspire me and direct me and support me and it is just it is our truth it's what we're meant to do our minds are made for this very special purpose to bring our source of our being down through us to do its will through us and its will is unconditional love and peace and joy all of the safety the security the peace that you are seeking it's all inside of you. And what you need to do is you need to learn some new information and you need to learn a process to unlock it and let it come to bear. And when it comes to bear, I tell you, your life will totally transform. It'll be just, it's just amazing. I'm intrigued enough that I am going to follow the recommended reading uh, and go through the seven steps of higher road and and I'm, I'm very interested in the in the two other scientific publications too that you mentioned then part three is really about a new concept of consciousness and it's designed in a way to lay this foundation and to help people open up to this place of a new understanding of what consciousness is and then it, you're going to learn something new after that Step four, uh, part four of the book, I share these truths. So provide uh, the links or, or the mechanism for you to get all of this material for free. Uh, the material that I used. I've gathered it all together. I've put it into a compendium and I make that available and I'll tell you how to get that in part four of the book. But in part four of the book, what I do is I share some of these truths to open people up and understand that what I'm sharing is uh, going to be contrary to their initial impression. Like some people may come to this and think this is very religious and I can tell you that it is not. So what I want to do is I want to share this with people so that they understand and I give excerpts uh, and context for this to ensure people have the opportunity to be open to this material. Because I can tell you if you read it, you can totally transform your life if you read it and understand it and follow it. And then in part five of my book, I share my personal experience as I've gone through the seven steps. And so part of this process really is around, you know, making sure you gain this new knowledge 
uh, that is going to enable you to bridge this gap between spirituality and science. And then it's going to help you. It's going to take you through a process to, to cleanse your consciousness of all of these patterns of thinking and uh, behaving, feeling that are contrary to where we come from and then help you rebuild it to be consistent to where we come from and learn this meditation. And as you go through this process to do this, your whole world, your whole view and perspective of life will come back into alignment and congruency to where we've come from and to be what we're supposed to be while we're here, what we're meant to do while we're here, which is be this expression of unconditional love to everyone and everything in your environment and still feel these feelings that we feel as uh, manifested beings, but be able to put that in a context where we don't hold things, we don't judge, we don't criticize, we don't condemn, etc. And so as you begin this process and you go through this and you uh, continue to do this process, then what happens is your life totally changes and transforms. What do we know in science today that we didn't know 100 years ago, 200 years ago? One thing we know in science today is that at a subatomic level, we are all just energy. Even though we think this body is solid and these objects around us, coffee cups and humidifiers and lamps <laughs> are all solid, they are not. <laughs> yeah. Pardon me? Eye drops. <laughs> yeah, eye drops. They're not at a fundamental level. They are just energy. When you understand that we live in this duality of uh, our soul, which is our reality, and then our ego, which uses this externalities and this egoic thinking to create all of this stuff around us and how that happens, then you can uh, go through this process if it resonates with you to, to totally transform your life. You know, I'll give you one more example in science. The sperm fertilizes the ovum. We get one cell, one fertilized cell that divides into two, into four, into eight, etc. And over a nine-month period, we build this intricate body. There's over 50 trillion cells in the body, and we build this intricate body. The other thing we know in science today is that Every cell in the body contains the library of information for the entire body. Mm -hmm. right. The only difference between a skin cell and a liver cell or a heart cell is the work that it does. So in this body, we get these cells, they get together, their job is to create this liver and maintain this liver over a lifetime. They never intrude on each other's work. They never suddenly spring into making an ear while they're making this liver, and they build and maintain this liver over a lifetime. There's more harmony in our bodies, in our cells, and these and this task of jointly working together than we as humans display when working on a joint project. Uh, all of this we know in science. When you look at one cell, one cell is uh, encased in this permeable membrane, which gives it individuality and protection. And the cell, so the question becomes, when did consciousness first creep into living matter? So the cell can discern what is the right nutrition to bring its health and, uh, and keep it going. And it accepts that through this permeable membrane. 
it discerns when there's a buildup of toxic waste and it ejects that out of the membrane. And that's the first act of consciousness that I think scientists should be able to agree that that's an act of consciousness. It's purposeful and it's deliberate. Science believes there was a big bang and out of the big bang came this material universe. They don't know what was what was before the big bang. They don't know the impetus for the big bang. But they know that after the Big Bang, we have this material universe. Energy got together to fuse, to create electrical particles that fuse to create the first live, the first elements. And all of that was done in a random fashion. These elements randomly got together to create the first living molecule. And then these living molecules randomly got together to f- create the first living cell. And then over billions of years, we have the life forms that we see today. Let's go back to consciousness. So. If there's consciousness in a cell, why wouldn't there be consciousness in the living molecules that combine to form a cell? Mm -hmm. And if there's consciousness in the living molecules, why wouldn't there be consciousness in the elements that combine to form a living molecule? And And if there's consciousness in the elements, why wouldn't there be consciousness in the energy that first fuse together to create these elements. So when you understand and when you learn what was before the Big Bang, impetus for the Big Bang and what happened to the time of the Big Bang, you will come to understand. See, we as people believe that we are matter imbued with consciousness, but in reality, we are consciousness made visible through the descent of vibrational frequency of electrical particles. And so when you can actually understand this and you go through this process to understand this and you understand all of these linkages and then you spend this time to actually come to really believe this through your experience, what you will do is you will enter into the truth. This is the only way you understand the truth. You go through this process to do this cleansing, rebuilding, enter the silence and the stillness of your mind you will enter into the truth. And when you enter into the truth, then you start to experience it. And when you experience it, then you will know that what you know now know is true. And that is the only way to get back to where we came from. Is you have to enter into it and you need a process to do it. And this, I can tell you, is the process to make that happen. Your speaking engagements, who would you like to speak in front of? Who's your ideal? You know, my ideal audience are people that are... Uh, working to have a spiritual awakening, trying to find a way that works. There are also people that are open and curious about how they can transform their lives from whatever state they're in. If you're experiencing misery or pain or, you know, life is not working out the way that you want it to or the way that you think it should. These are all the kinds of experiences that get you open to ask questions about why am I here? What's my purpose? Going on for another 20, 30, 40 years in this misery and, uh, you know, horrible situations I find myself in. These are the kinds of things that open people up to question why they're here. Some of those people will be prepared to listen to a new way and a way that they can come out of this. The ideal audience are people that are open and want to learn about something new and curious about how they can come back to their truth. All right. Well, if you'd like Neil to be part of your online adventure summit, definitely get a hold of him and 
Well, you can definitely find out um, some of the other podcasts Neil's been on from his website. Ahigherroad.com. Real easy way to get there. Uh, also, you're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, LinkedIn. If anybody's interested in working directly with Neil as they process through, you know, the book or the seven steps, they could get in touch with you for coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Neil has graciously decided to offer a discount on his coaching. For those that mention the show, they get the first five sessions at 50% off. Contact Neil at info at D-N-E-I-L-E-L-L-I-O-T-T dot com. Feel free to connect with Neil for a consulting session. Neil, it's been an honor to have you as a guest. And I really appreciate your time today and all the wonderful information you shared. In addition to what you've shared in your book, I encourage anybody with an open mind or a mind that wants to be opened even further to get a copy of Neil's book, A Higher Road, Cleanse Your Consciousness to Transcend the Ego and Ascend Spiritually. Thank you very much for being a guest today. Thank you, Jennifer. It's uh, been my pleasure. And uh, again, thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.